He has some hair. What? You're just going to start recording when I'm singing about Attack on Titan? I found another way to start recording, okay? What? H? No. What was the button you pressed? R. Oh. Yeah. Really? Yeah, that can start recording. Oh. Alright, well, welcome to Crow Apocalypse episode... 50. 50. Episode 50. Yeah. Yes. yes. Half a century. Half a hundred. Yeah. Plus one. Right? Faith plus one. Faith plus more. Yeah, anyway, get on with it. Your first review. My first review this week See, is yeah, how efficient that is? Less than a going minute. Going to Less be. Less than a minute of time Well, before wasting. we get to my review. No, no. Before we get to my no. review, I need to... No. Well, we really need to sort of... You know the mute uh, button's on my side, right? Yeah, I know. Um, so, when it comes to my first review, it's a bit of a weird one. And I'd like to prefix it with... Preface. Preface, preface... Preface. Preface. The word is preface. Get preface. on with it. Preface. Okay. So I'd like to. Uh, I'd like to talk about a film uh, that recently came out, but I'd also like to talk about something else that. that relates to it. Um, in terms of in terms of indie films right now, there's a lot of really, really, really good indie films that are appearing, and a lot of them have interesting concepts, and they sort of just disappear. There's not as many sort of making it to the top as there used to be. Um, one of the issues are that the more original, sometimes less um, less decent ideas float up a lot quicker. So you have an original idea, but the actual handling of that is pretty crap. It's you know all original. about floaters as well. What? You know all about floaters. Floaters? Yeah. Oh, what, because the shit I did in the toilet wouldn't die last week? Mm. Yeah, well, that was because, well, alcohol. But, you know, also because I've got an iron constitution, like my hero, Donald Trump. Anyway, your first review. My first review. So, uh, sorry, we're talking about indie films. Just say what it is, because I need indie to do films. the time code. The longer it takes you to get to the start of the film, the longer I have to oh, sit there waiting right. to type so in if I keep talking, what it is. It makes your life a little bit less convenient. Yeah. All right, okay. Well, indie films are films that are independently sourced and produced using art house no, companies. No, indie what? films are Raiders of the Lost Ark, Temple of Doom, <laughs> Last Crusade, and I think that was it. So anyway, oh, so, young Indiana Jones. As I was saying, there's a lot of independent cinema right now that's that sort of um, it's it's not being it's not being um, handled by big big studios. It's more being created with a smaller budget and a smaller team, and then being sold off at places like Cannes. Um, and there's a lot of indie films that are really good, but just then for some reason, as I said, that original concept isn't there, so they don't really break out. But something that recently has been going across all over the place, and I've seen advertising for it everywhere, even though I don't think it's a mainstream film, is Swiss Army Man, which is the film that I watched recently. All right. So, um, so a bit of plot about Swiss Army Man. A lot of people know about Swiss Army Man. Paul, da- Paul Dano? Dano? Paul Dano. Dano? Yeah. I say Dano, but Dano. like Dino the Dinosaur, like Dano. Yeah, like Dano the Last Dinosaur. Yeah. Like He's Dano, our friend and a whole lot Dano? Of yeah, Paul Dano. Paul Dano. Anyway... The so, one whose hands fell off in Looper, and his foot yeah, fell off. Yeah, it's nice. <laughs> yeah. That was funny. So anyway, um, Paul Dano stars as a man who's trapped on an island. We don't really get any any idea of where this island is. We can just see the ocean, and from the ocean comes a body. And this body is played by Daniel Radcliffe. Now, Daniel Radcliffe, as a body, has some magical powers. And we come to realise that he may not just be a body... And Paul Dano uses those magical powers, which include farting, you know, um, producing gas, as much like burping, but not really burping, um, and 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 uses these to survive. He gets off the island in the first five minutes and arrives on another island, and there he takes um, he takes a journey with Daniel Radcliffe 
and sort of shows him everything that's that it is to be alive. Shows him love and shows him affection. Shows him you know all this other stuff. And it's 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 like a romantic comedy, but mixed in with a ton of fart jokes, yeah, and burp jokes, and and just it's very it's it feels like um, who's the guy who did the Science of Sleep. Oh, no. the, the director did the Science of Sleep. You know, he was famous. He always worked with um, uh, Gail Garcia Bardell, whatever his name is. Fuck, what was the name of the guy? Gardo? 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 Alfonso Cuaron? No. Um, but anyway, it's it's a very dreamlike movie. There's no real rules. There's no real... Um, there is a plot, but the plot's very thinly veiled over... Like, but this what is you watching some art house cinema. That's your quota for the year done. You've watched one art house. No, I've seen other art house films. I Avengers of Age of Ultron isn't an art house film. See, I watch a lot of indie films. Neither this, is Batman v Superman. But this is the thing. I review stuff that's popular that's going to get us like views. And I mm. review it as close to its release as possible. I don't even think about that. I just occasionally stare at something. I know you do. I know. But I, I watch a ton of films on top of this. Like, I've watched stuff like... I rewatched Ghostbusters twice this week because both the extended cut and the normal cut were released. So I fucking bought oh, both on VOD. extended cut of the Lady Ghostbusters. Yeah, 15 minutes extra. Hmm. I'm not going to tell you what happens in it. That's going to be next week's review because no one oh. gives a fuck and it's only going to hurt us to do it as soon as possible to the actual release. Oh, it was alright. No, it wasn't. That's the problem. And it's not... Uh, we're not going to get into this. We'll get into this next week because we've already done it too close to now anyway. So... We'll do it next week. We'll get a bit further away from the initial release and the anger and the sexism and all that other shit that we really aren't part of. Neither of us are sexist or racist or any of that shit. So we don't really... We want to distance ourselves from those people. Yeah, like I don't know about you, but I'm pretty sexiest. You're pretty sexiest? Yeah. Well, I'm a sexual human being. And I can detect that from you right now, which is why my erection is throbbing. Well, I've got to rest the microphone or something. I love the way that it turns purple depending on the pitch as well. I don't know what it is with the vibrations of sound around us, but really it changes the hue of the tip of my dick. Anyway, um, it's... it's I've got a little nubbing button here. <laughs> little just nubbing button. There's a little <laughs> button on the mic. Good space for a straw right down the middle. It's great. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, it's so fucking weird that this is being advertised in London. And in Woking, I've seen it on like posters and stuff. Yeah. And it's Daniel Radcliffe. Everyone loves Harry Potter. It, it, uh, Harry Pooter. I, I actually genuinely. <laughs> did that. Fun fact: This is the second film starring a Harry Potter cast member centered entirely around farts. Oh yes, um, Thunderpants, yeah. the classic, starring Ron Weasley. Where are they now, Ron Weasley? <laughs> but he got all like um, art house, like you know. He was in that um, that Charlie, the Charlie film in which he's chased by Mads Mikkelsen. Speaking of art house cinema, with Rachel, mm. Evan Rachel Wood. Oh, yeah, I know what I mean, yeah. Yeah, Charlie, the extraordinary life of blad, 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 blad. Yeah, Charlie yeah, yeah. Life has an, an eyebrow piercing, I guess. Yeah. Um, anyway, this this film, um, it I there are so many better films that should be in place of this. This doesn't feel... Why do you hate Weekend at Bernie's Free? I don't... It's not even that. Because he actually, like... Okay, spoilers, within the first half hour, he's actually fucking alive. The dead body comes back to life. Oh. And starts talking to Paul Dano. Oh. And then they start having conversations. He's like, oh, let me show you what it is to love. And Mary Elizabeth Winstead is in this in a photo. Nice. And then she's in it five minutes at the end. Nice. But the whole the whole concept is is fun. And it would have been a great 15-minute short on Funny or Die. But when it stretched over an hour and a half, it gets a very dreamlike... It Just there's no impact to anything. When you make everything 
like a dream and you set it in a world where exclusively there are only two people interacting in that world and then when other people are introduced into that world they also seem to be part of the dream it doesn't fucking there's no impact there's no real why do you hate David Lynch films I don't hate David Lynch films Blue Velvet is incredible Twin Peaks is incredible there's stakes in those things even in fucking Eraserhead there's stakes they like coffee it's not steak that's a baby Stake the baby to a fence. Um, anyway, the Swiss Army Man is a really interesting concept, and I love the fact that it's getting as much as much attention. Yeah, why do you want to crush independent cinema? That's I getting don't, pushed. But that's the thing. Like, when is it independent still? Because it's hardly anything is independent cinema these days. But that's days. not true. That's that's. Well, not I think true. that film's funded by Fox yeah. Searchlights, wasn't it? That's what I think. Like that. I think yeah. it was. Yeah. There's another film coming out that I've heard almost nothing about. There's no posters for, and it stands at Anne Hathaway, who I would argue is a bigger star than Dan ha- Daniel Radcliffe and Paul Dano, called Colossal. Have you heard of this? And mm-hmm. it's also got Jason Sudeikis in it. Do you want to hear the concept of Colossal? And this is getting no attention. All right. All right. Colossal, the concept is a woman bottoms out. She gets dumped by her boyfriend. She's an alcoholic, and she's having an awful fucking time. So she goes back to her parents' house. Her parents no longer live there. Everyone's dead. She's on her own. So she decides to go and live back at her parents' house and take stake of her life. She gets a job at a bar with Jason Sudeikis, who's like a charming local town folk dude, and starts, you know, still bottoming out, but she's starting to get something back from her life. One day she's walking home, and she's walking through a playground, just fucking about and having a bit of fun, and in doing so, realises that there's a kaiju in Japan with her exact same movements that is actually powered by her movements when she's drunk at night, attacking the, uh, Tokyo, and and that's linked to a romantic comedy and people aren't saying well there's a fucking kaiju film with Anne Hathaway being drunk in love with Jason Sudeikis controlling a giant monster in Tokyo and we're talking about a farting corpse movie as if it's the fucking most revolutionary thing in the world it's insane like no one's heard of Colossal but I talk to people about it I want people to go see that instead because this is shit well it's not shit it's not even that it's shit it's just it's fucking confusing why is this so big because it's got Daniel Radcliffe in no, it. No, it's not, because what if had Daniel Radcliffe in it, and that was a better movie? Yeah, but Daniel Radcliffe was in Harry Potter. No, what if has Daniel Radcliffe in it? Horns had Daniel Radcliffe in it. Both of yeah, them, better Horns. concept, and better scripts, and better films. Yeah, I like and this Horns. is the third one after those two films no one paid attention to. <sighs> I, I, uh, Paul Dano and, and Daniel Radcliffe aren't bankable enough stars for them to invest so much money in it, the marketing's reached Woking. Yeah. So why aren't people talking about a film that has money behind it, that has an original concept, that is, you know, indie film, pretty much? Like, there's a robot on Kaiju fight in Colossal. There's, there's, it's actually just full on. Well, let's fucking fight this thing. And then halfway is just like they've done it in a cardboard city. Probably. I hope so because I don't want CGI in this shit. That's the thing. There's no marketing for Colossal to find out about anything more than what's on fucking Facebook or IMDb. There's stuff like. There's so much shit coming out now. There's like independent horrors exploding and there's these fantastic films and it's so fucking close to Halloween and no one's going, we can buy this film. Don't worry, I think there's another Annabelle film out this year. This year. I know! I was in Morrison's yesterday and there's a film with a doll in it and it said, you thought Annabelle and Chucky were scary, you ain't met Robert. No one thinks Annabelle's scary. No, no. one except idiots that sit there looking at a screen no. where there's a close-up shot of a chair for First five Child's minutes. Play's good. First Child's Play's got some scary yeah, but stuff in it. The First Child's Play's not scary either. But it was an original concept back then. Yeah, but yeah. the First Child's Play's not scary either, because at first you think, oh, the killer's still yeah, alive. You think the killer's the kid for yeah. half of it. Yeah, and or the killer's still alive and he's mm. talking to the kid, and then you find out it's just the doll. And as soon as you find out there's a doll running around, it's just a midget in a costume, you're just laughing your ass yeah, off. It's a great film. 
Um, You've got Charles Play 2 to watch, haven't you? Yeah, I do, yeah. It's classic. I've seen, I, I watched Charles Play 3 not long ago, so it's really yeah. weird to go back to 2, but 2 has that awesome scene in the beginning where they're melting down the old Chucky. Yeah. It's really fucking well done. Um, but the problem is that we're coming up to coming up to Halloween. There are so many independent horror films right now that someone could buy for probably like 50 grand. It wouldn't cost them much. And there's awesome shit. Like there's a film about two guys who go to their dad's video shop because their dad's gone missing and they find a film, you know, Atmosphere, the old videotape board game you could oh, buy. Oh, sweet. Yeah. They find a game like that that actually opens a gateway to hell. Sweet. And they actually have to play the game so to save their dad. Jumanji. It's Jumanji for adult with horror elements. Nice. And that sounds incredible, doesn't it? I'd go for an Atmosphere Train film. to Busan is out there and it's not released here yet. What is fucking going on it trains bands the sands never getting released if they wouldn't release snowpiercer in the uk it's fucking stupid how is snowpiercer still not released in the uk that came out in 2013 it is, it's on blu-ray no never got released in the uk no you can buy it on blu-ray no. i saw it in fop the other day yeah they probably got some freaking messed up yeah. freaking copy who goes yeah. i don't know fop who goes in fop what There's the hell are you doing London. In you know when i went to go see yeah. what are you going see in blazing saddles i went to go see blazing saddles last night in uh in the Prince Charles Theatre. Who the hell goes in FOP? You're not allowed in FOP. You don't have a but stupid beard. As, as you go down towards the seven, there's like the, what is it called? Like the seven, seven road or whatever. Yeah, there's yeah. like a small area where there's like just seven roads all branching around. It's down the there. bottom of Shaftesbury Avenue yeah, where yeah. the theatre is and all that. Yeah, yeah. And near Forbidden down Planet. There. There's a FOP yeah, right on the corner. Free, yeah, been there for years. free level FOP. And, yeah. uh, and, uh, yeah, people who work rivals. in FOP are twats. Yeah. <laughs> they were all very, We used to hate them when we worked at HV. very hipsterish. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but, um, they they're HV company. That's where, I, that's where yeah. I took the picture where they had the wall. They have like a wall of like Dario Argento and, and all the other sort of like gory splatterhouse films from the 70s and 80s. Mm. All for like £6 on Blu ray. Argento's in making a new film with friggin'. Um, who's fucking in it? Not Rutger Hauer. Someone crazy in it, but it's got music by God Goblin. Like, Oh, yeah, no, I heard about that. Yeah, like a new yeah. Argento film. Okay, the last Dario Argento film was fucking terrible, so. Who knows? Maybe we should be approached with caution, but it's nice to see Dario Argento making stuff still. He's like, what, 400? Something like that? He's still alive. Lucio Fulci's not. Lucio Fulci's not alive anymore. No, he died in like the 90s. Oh, yeah, so he did. Mm. But anyway, this is this is more... It's an infuriating curiosity. If this was something that was on DVD and Morrison's for three quid, you'd buy it and you'd be like, oh, that was kind of weird and whimsical. I kind of liked it. But for a release that's being advertised everywhere and it's being released everywhere, it's just fucking... It's not... It's not snuff. It's not a mainstream film that is ever going to transfer from, you know, indie to mainstream. It's not It's not got the power to do that. And there's not enough there for people or an audience to sit there and just laugh for an hour and a half because it's not really that funny. Like, the, the body farts at one point and you're like, oh, yeah, he's fine. But then there's like... It's a point where there's like a fire involved and the fart causes the fire to go. Nah. But during that scene, someone's been bitten on the leg by a bear and there's fucking blood everywhere and it's really gory. And it's not like it juxtaposes those two things. It just shows someone burning who is alive for all intensive purposes of the film and then someone being horrifically mutilated. Awesome. And it doesn't, Sounds good. You know how it, it should have said like, oh, don't worry, I've got one of those or something like that. There's no throwaway line to add levity to the situation. It's all just like grim, piling on this more grim. It's not that funny. But then there's a fart. That should be funny, right? Yeah, farts are funny. Oh, just, this is, this is, it's, it's not an Adam Sandler. It's not a Rob Schneider. It's not like it's, as I said, it's not bad in the right audience. It's not bad in the right situation. But if you're paying 20 quid for you and your date to go and see a fun movie about some corpse that farts and makes funny noise and everybody's having a great time. You're not going to go into this... I'm paying 20 quid to watch a snuff movie. <laughs> yeah. 
It's it's like it's not like you're going in and you're getting what you expect. So saying this isn't weekend at Bernie's free. No. No. Oh, fuck that. I'm never gonna get that. You might. I'm gonna kickstart it. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Is Bernie still light? Well um, and also um, the, the ending's really bad. Okay, well, don't spoil it. I'm not going to spoil it. Stop spoiling stuff about the film. Because this is, this is just out, so people need to go see it. It was released uh, yesterday here? Yesterday Wednesday? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Sorry, I thought Wednesday. it came out months ago. No, it was like shown at an indie festival that month ago. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. when... But anyway, so, um, yeah, um, I would give it... It's Michael Rosenbaum, you remember that guy? Yeah, he's all right. I like him. He hangs out with James Gunn. There you go. That's pretty much what it is. It's all right. It's he should okay. have been Lex Luthor. He's a much if, better Lex Luthor than friggin' Jesse Eisenberg. If they saw, if you saw this on a shelf next to Tromeo and Juliet, do you make a great Lex Luthor? Who? Um, what's his face? The guy who played the Phantom. But, uh, Billy, uh, Billy, uh, Billy Zane. Yeah, him. Shaved head. How good would he be as a Lex Luthor? Pretty good. Have you seen Sorority Girls? No, I like the sound of that though. It's uh it's free comedians. Who get kicked out of their college. So to go back to college, they cross-dress and join a sorority and they make the girls better people. Oh. And the girls don't ever think that they're people. Oh. Like, not people, but men. They always think they're women. Anyway, you're done with... Yeah, it's just... It's, if it, as I said, it was, if it was next to Tromeo and Juliet, completely fitting. Three mm. quid or six pound on Blu-ray. That's really where this is going to shine. So to pay millions, to waste millions... Doesn't make sense to me. But it's got Daniel Radcliffe in it. Little girls love Daniel Radcliffe. Yeah, they're, they're gonna, gonna rush. They're to not see gonna it. love him so much when he's like fucking spewing water out of his mouth. Like Do you know what film spew? they're gonna rush to see? The what? next Christopher Nolan film starring one of those guys from One Direction, Harry Styles. He's in it. Jesus. All right. Yeah. Anyway, your review, Ant. Um. Okay. So I'm gonna review a free-to-play game called Paladins. Okay. Yep. Literally Overwatch. Your review. This is being released on Xbox One and PS4. Did you hear that? I don't care, I'm done with my review. No, no, but did you hear it's being released on yeah. Xbox One and PS4? Um, and also, did you hear what else is going free-to-play? Battleborn. I already said about that months ago. I know you did. No, they've said it's not free-to-play. There's going to be a trial version, oh. and you can upgrade it through an unlock pack, which makes it a free-to-play game. But anyway, your review. Really? <laughs> well, what am I supposed to say about Paladins? You haven't played it, have you? No. No. Okay, so let's just say so it's right. When you play a map on Paladins, it's a first-person shooter, medieval theme. Keep in mind the medieval theme. Um, you got to a capture point, and when you capture it, you and your opposing team, a payload appears. It's just called a payload. And then you push that payload to your opponent's base. So, like, the capture point's in the middle of the map. Are there any other types? And you push it. They've added a new game mode. It's called Payload. Um, I don't know what's different about it. I've not played it yet. It only got added, like, yesterday. Well, so you're not but like it a- says you push a payload to the enemy's base, which sounds exactly the same as the mode I already played. So you're not a hardcore Paladin, uh, Paladins fan? No, I don't think there's even a Paladin in it. Um, the character I played as the most is called Victor. He's a soldier. I know a guy named Victor. Right? Who, he's got a sprint move, a really nice and he guy. can throw a grenade. It's not a rocket launcher, but he can throw a grenade at people. And when he activates his ultimate move, a visor pops down over his face. And he, like... like bombs the enemies rather than shooting them quickly. This all sounds really original. It sounds familiar, doesn't it? There's a knight who can drop a shield down, which makes a big old rectangular shield appear. Nice. Uh, which your other teammates can stand behind and shoot the enemy from. Um, there's a character who can like pop a bubble over himself and he fires a beam weapon off. Um, I'm pretty sure I saw someone zooming around the place at lightning speed, like going beep, 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 like blipping around. Um, you can ride horses to get back into the game. 
So when when you're getting killed to get back to the game, you can ride a horse so you can get there quicker. That's something. Um, you can unlock character skins and stuff, but it's it's literally Overwatch so far. Hmm. Like I get like having similar powers and stuff, but if you take those similar powers and put them on a character that looks and plays exactly like a character from another game, you're probably going the wrong way around this. Like, like, why did the knight with the big old shield that makes the shield appear, why did he have to be a medieval knight like wait, Reinhardt? Wait, wait, oh, he's Spanish, though. Which, Fernando. which one came first? Um, apparently they showed off Paladins originally in 2012, but nothing happened with it for years. See? But, and they're saying, oh, we based a lot of these things on Global Agenda, a previous game they'd made. But the thing is, though, like Overwatch, we saw that ages ago, and it's come out, and it's a huge thing. And we saw all the characters. Like, you could still, you didn't have to have a soldier... That sprints, his main thing is that he sprints and throws explosives. Like, and he even drops a visor down. Like, freaking. Uh. I, I know what. Any... And your main mode is literally the payload mode from Overwatch, so. You can buy skins. Buy, buy skins for your horses and your characters. Well, that's always good. Yeah. That's an original way to go about things. That yeah. affects the sales of fucking. What was that game? Uh, Elder Scrolls Oblivion. Yeah, that worked out for those guys, right? Horse, horse armor. That yeah, was good. I had a horse armor. It was good. It was good stuff. Um, but no, it's just it's just a wasted chance. They could have done something unique here. They could have like mixed up. I don't know why it's called Paladins. I still there is no Paladins in the, the game. The problem isn't that. The problem is that there's. This is all any games are now. If you want to knock out a game, it's always just like a line based shooter. Yeah, you got to copy fucking, something else. Yeah, like you look on mobile phone stores and yeah. everything's Clash of Clans. It's all MOBAs, it's yeah. all fucking... I mean, it's just... if you, actually, if you look on mobile phone stores, every single icon is either a big grinning blonde man's face with a beard, or it's something like with a title that sounds like Crossy Road, like Looty Dungeon, or Flyy Skies or something like that. Like, oh dear. But, I mean, the game's alright, like, to play it, it's actually quite fun, Um it does lock you fighting against bots for the first five levels. Once you leveled up to level five, you can play against other players. But it's just kind of like they should have been a bit more original. It's from the guys who made Smite, and Smite's like even though it's a mobile, it's actually the, the guys from Smite. Yeah, High, High Res Studios made it. Like they could have done what? something. They made Smite. They made Global Agenda. They could have done something really cool and unique with it. So it's an actual studio that's made this. It's yeah. not like just some random fucking Korean studio that's just no, not, knocked down. Like it's Russian mark. on Steam. It's always right. Russian. But it's just kind of like they've missed an opportunity. Like, what? Why is the why are the characters so similar? No, no, it's just fucking. Like, I'm waiting for them to introduce a mech, like someone running around inside a oh, mech they suit. Can, they can change into like a turret. No, no, no. Oh, there's a dwarf who can put turrets down. Oh right, so it's yeah. not a turret. A Scottish that's dwarf like with a robot a and then a turret. Yeah. No, there probably is. I haven't played all the characters. You oh, have to right. you have to buy a founders pack to unlock all the characters. Oh, okay. From free to play mode, you have like six characters or something. Oh, okay. Or so six or eight. It's not all the game yet. You've got to pay if you want to play it, right? It's like $17.99 and you unlock all characters that are ever going to be released for it. So it's like a one-off payment. Are you going to be, be MLG? No. Be but it's, it does... It's just the same thing. It sounds shockingly shit. Yeah. yeah. It's alright. Like, it's fun to play. Don't get me wrong. It's, if you, it's like... It's like um, a budget store version of Overwatch. Like, if you, you know, for whatever reason can't buy Overwatch, then you've got something you can play here for free and it'll be fun. But mm. it's it's just... You know, I mean, what's a what's a knockoff MOBA right now? Um, they shut down that DC one, didn't they? That was always the, the the ugly redheaded stepchild of the MOBA world, wasn't it? 
What, the DC one? I thought that was alright. That got shut down after a while, didn't it? Oh, was it not very good? Yeah. But no. it's like, you know, like you've got the one game that's really polished and really nicely made, and then you've got this one that's not quite as polished, but has the basics there. Like, like you know, it's like if you've gone from playing Twisted Metal, which is a work of art, and you're playing like some friggin', you're playing Cell Damage, and that's your, <laughs> that's your car combat game. Um, yeah, it ain't, it ain't great. You no. review. No, it doesn't sound it doesn't sound fantastic. I or, think I think it's it's a fun game. It's just it's unoriginal as hell. Oh hell, just crazy unoriginal. Well, that's good to know. Yeah. All right. So my next review is uh, it's it's a really hard one to. Okay, so I played Homefront <laughs> Two. You said hard one. Yeah, I played Homefront Two: The Revolution. Hmm. I played that for a couple of hours the other day yeah. when it was free on Steam. I got it for fifteen pounds. Yeah, on it, Xbox. It was free on Steam, and now the free weekend's gone. I can't find it to delete it from my hard drive. Nice. Squirrely won that. Front two. It's 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 all right. That I thought. I don't think it's too bad. I think it's pretty good. Like yeah. okay, so my problem is that it feels very similar to Far Cry Two, rather than Far Cry Three or Four because yeah. it's smaller. Uh, there's more verticality to it than there was in Far Cry Three, and. Um, in terms of the actual the actual game itself, um, it feels like bits are missing. Shooting mechanics haven't haven't been tweaked quite as much as I'd like. Mm. It's sort of got a bit of a clunky feel to it. Yeah. Um story wise though, it's really interesting. I don't know yeah. if you've have you did you follow the story when you I played? thought they like even though they're ripping off um Wolverines, um friggin' yeah. thingy. Red Dawn. Yeah, Red Dawn. Um like the actual the way the backstory's built into it's really quite good. Well, like the whole North Korea became the technological superpower, yeah. and then I think that's a really because it's the idea is that oh who cares they've got the technology everyone's going to buy it anyway yeah, and we'll yeah, just yeah. trust all their stuff. It's like it is very much. Like and then North I Korea's imagine. like oh you stop paying, <laughs> everything's it's, dead. It's very much what I imagine Donald Trump's America in ten years mm. looks like to him. Yeah, you know, um, and he probably thinks it's a great idea. He probably thinks it's a great idea. Yeah, it's going to um, be huge, yeah. huge. Sorry, but um, it's quite funny. Like it's it it's all very. Um, it's all very similar to how um, how Apple appear. Mm, yeah, you know they're sort of getting in everywhere. So they're getting in driverless cars, they're getting in phones, yeah, they're getting in tablets, drones. You yeah. know, audio equipment. Like it's it's sort of like a thing where one company squirrels in and just covers everything. I say this was a plot to Terminator Genesis, wasn't it? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, <laughs> it was. It's almost it's almost like Samsung, yeah. Samsung or Apple, just a big technology company. Wasn't they said Terminator Genesis, they unleashed their OS, and there was ten billion downloads in the first day. Or yeah, so. like yeah. no. No. <laughs> um, but, uh, God. It's just... It reminded me a lot of Freedom Fighters a little bit from what I played of it, but like a first-person shooter, open world. Yes, no. It's got a bit of a cheesiness to it, though. It's not like... It doesn't take... It's, it's, it's serious, but it's like corny serious. A little bit. But I, I liked what I played of that. I See, I like it as well. I've got, like, several highlights include, mm. um, include the... The ability to recognise at least one bland freedom fighter as someone that I've already met in the game mm. doesn't usually happen for me. Usually, I go for a game and I'm like, "All right, your colonel expendable and your soldier expendable. I don't recognise you from any other part of the game. I've not built any relationship with you. Cool. Oh, there's a woman soldier. That's a different woman soldier. Who fucking cares? We're all wearing red. Let's go shoot. I like the dude who makes guns. He I, seems angry. Yeah. But um, no, it's the um, it's the leader, the guy who shot, and he's like, he's like, all right, well, they're gonna come pick me up and shit like. He has a voice. He has like a different way of talking to everyone yeah. else in the group, and um, 
And also, I like the gun changing parts mechanic. Yeah, that's quite that's nice. That's pretty yeah. cool. And just pull the gun up and go, pink, and put the um, thing on there. And you... But everything else is yeah. just completely unoriginal. Hmm. It's a solid 7 out of 10. That's what it is. It's like a... I wouldn't even say it's a 7 out of 10. Like, I would give this... For the price I paid, I would never fucking argue with buying this game. It's just like Deus Ex Human Revolution. I would pay £40 to play that game, but I didn't have the amount to spend this month to get it because it's come out at such a fucking shitty, awkward time. It's just before Battlefield and Call of Duty, so no one's going to have money for a first-person Isn't it Mankind trip. Divided, the new one? Yeah. Human Revolution was the old oh, one. Oh, yeah, sorry, Mankind Divided. You can get Human Revolution for like two quid. I know, and that works on Xbox One, so... Advert. I've got two copies of that, I think. Jesus. But... You go back to like you go back before that, and there were so many games that were working on multiple levels like this, and it's just it's, it's just a weird time to pick to release it. Well, it came out months ago, Home Front of Revolution, though. No, 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 no. Um, human. Uh, Why are you talking about Deus Ex now? Talk I don't know. I got from. distracted. Anyway, Deus Ex has gone down rapidly in price. It's done a very similar thing to what Human Revolution did. Because Human Revolution was out for like a week, and it went down to like twenty five pound. Yeah, because it was a buggy mess. Because when it, it came was a buggy out. mess. Now it's built a lot better, and you've got stuff like mm. Human Revolution, so it can't compete. Still, even though it's now technically a budget title, it's getting yeah. fucked over by a newer title that's done the exact same thing, but is a better quality game. And I feel like this is going to happen a lot more going forward. Mm. But um, but you know, if you've got if it goes down to a tenner and you see this or Human Human, uh, no, you see Deus Ex, I would still say Deus Ex at double the price is a better purchase. But this is this is a fine game for a tenner. If you've only got a tenner, just buy this game because it's quite fun. Mm. Uh, there's no multiplayer mode, so you don't have to worry about that shit. I fucking hate that stuff. And also, it's kind of open world, so you get a bit of fun for like... You get a little motorbike to ride around yeah. on. It's quite fun. After the story's done, you can have a bit of fun running around like fucking up their little patrols and stuff. Mm. And that gun mechanic is kind of awesome. Yeah, yeah. Cause it's nice and quick and simple. Yeah. You just like flick it it's up one and just... one gun, just... Yeah. 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 But, um... Modular weapons. Yeah. Shit. Yeah, so, uh... Yeah, I give it. God, this is a, like what's right down the right down the middle. Give it right. Chris Hemsworth from no, Red Dawn. Jennifer Aniston. Give it Jennifer Aniston. Good or bad, you know. At least it's something to look at. Don't diss Jennifer Aniston. Why what has she ever done to you? Yeah, she made cake. That was pretty pretentious. Oh, was it? Yeah. What was the cake? Was it chocolate? No, she was a woman who was horribly injured in a car accident. And had to say, well, she was in. She was gonna be suffering from uh, chronic pain for the rest of her life. So she was taking painkillers and she's trying to connect to the people that um, were related to the person who was driving the car that caused the accident, caused her pain. She had issues with anger because of the pain, because of the medication she was on. Pretty, pretty terrible. Um, it was a really good concept. It just It didn't carry the gravitas because you're looking at fucking Rachel from Friends. Why do you hate Rachel from Friends? I just hate Friends. You outrageous! I really don't like Friends. Everybody loves Friends. I don't like comedy with canned laughter. I can't get on with it, especially when it's all the fucking time. In Friends, it's like it's like, well, Phoebes, looks like you're wacky. <laughs> oh, Joey, she has to do that Joey, to my you, audio. You slept with a lady. <laughs> oh, Chandler, you'll never sleep with a lady. <laughs> oh, Ross, you'll never sleep with another lady. <laughs> I've slept with plenty of ladies. You probably got the most tail out of all of them. And it's just like that's the that's the yes. script, and then that's what happens in America. They ruined it. Americans, America. You just My, the Koreans. You just put going. everyone off listening to the podcast by complaining about friends. It's outrageous. Yep. You done? Yeah, I'm done. Okay. God damn, wasting all that time. That's quiet parts on the thing. I'll have to edit around that. Jeez. Right. I'm going to review a game I've sent a code for called Axe, Bow, and Staff. Yep. 
<laughs> I've, I've never heard of this. Pay attention. Axe, bow and staff. Pay attention, you penis. So, right, so you've got two weapons you can throw and then a staff. So I'm guessing the staff's the worst fucking weapon in the game. Throw an axe, that's a silly thing to do. You can throw an axe in Heimdall. Yeah! No. Okay, so it's a game, kind of a bit like an endless runner, but it's not endless, it's level by level structure, but you're basically working your way through a stage. Yeah, you, At the start, you play as each character individually to learn how they control. So you've got a guy who swings an axe and can chop trees down and bushes down and barrels and stuff and okay. twat enemies and pull up a shield to block arrows. Yep. You've got a, an elven, like you got a, a, a rogue-type lady with a bow and arrow, and she can't block stuff, but she can jump over things. So if an enemy fires an arrow, you jump over it, jump over barriers and all this sort of stuff. You've got like three lanes to move around, so you can like pop up and down the lanes to dodge obstacles in your path, like rocks, which you can't break. Um, and there's also a wizard who, like, his thing, he doesn't fight anyone. He, like, moves an enemy to another lane. So you'll have puzzles to solve where, like, might be a switch to hit. So you move an enemy from one lane to the other lane to make him hit the switch. Or maybe there's, like, um, you know, you've got two enemies that are on the same position. You move one enemy into the other and it kills them. So you can do stuff like that. Um, and he can dispel any effects that are put on him with his magic power. But when the game actually gets going, you've got all three characters at once. And you'll like flip between the characters, which one you're controlling, let the AI play as the others. Or you can do multiplayer and have everyone playing their own part. Mm-hmm. And you can move them around between the three lanes and move them about and switch which one's in front position and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. So like it becomes this thing where it's like a balancing act of picking who's on the right lane to do the main I'm almost thing. seeing something like Clax. What? Do you remember Clax? Yeah, but it's not well, a puzzle game the... with blocks. That's silly. Yeah, I know, but it's a similar thing. So instead of the blocks being stationary along the bottom, you have to match them up to reduce three. You could have the right person at the bottom, and then you've got the blocks coming towards you as if you're running towards. But this them. is like you're running sideways along. Oh the right! Oh, sorry. I, I assumed something yeah. that when you said endless runner, I was assuming something like temple it's run. Sideways. Oh, sideways. Endless runner can go in any direction it feels yeah, like. Yeah, I know, but you know what I mean. Don't be so directionist. We've already just said that everything is is derivative of everything else. Mm. So you just got to assume. Like, so you get rats and stuff running towards you. Get orcs. Cool. Get little onion plant things. By uh, orcs, you mean black people because you're a racist. No, no, little green men. <laughs> really? Jesus! Someone's voting Donald Trump somehow when we live in America, UK. Don't be mean to orcs. Don't be mean to orcs. Anyway. Coming from the guy just orc hated. So, the game's alright. I've you played a bit. Orchestrated. <laughs> the game's alright. It gets a bit fiddly to control because you're flipping between the characters and stuff, and like yeah. you get boss battles and you have to pick the right one to the front and. There's like own, fire uh, away. Yeah, you'll like be running along the path in front of you and you'll be trying to take him out while he launches stuff at you. Do you remember Alien Storm for the Mega Drive? Yeah, everyone loves Alien Storm. So it's a bit like Alien Storm where you're running and you've got the... Is it a bit like that? Alien Storm, no, Alien Storm was a side-scrolling beat-em-up shooter. Yeah, it thing. was, but there were segments in between the levels where you would be running after the alien spaceship and you'd have to shoot what came... Do you not remember? No, the Alien Storm had the other bits were the bits where you're in the shopping centre and yeah. there's a first person So here's how levels would be constructed. So you'd have the first part where it's a scrolling beam-up, then you'd have yeah. the shop level where you'd have to shoot the cans and stuff and the aliens to like yeah. a shooting gallery, and then you'd have the running section where oh, your character yeah, yeah. would run across the screen. Is it a bit like that? I don't know. <laughs> can't remember. But anyway, it's, it's all right. It's a bit buggy. It's just come out of early access yesterday. That was the 29th of September. Um... Like, up on the... For some reason, like, it has expert input controller in the main menu as being the type of controller it takes. But up on the D-pad, up on the analog stick, only works if you're, like, dead centre of the up. Which suggests to me that they've got the X-input controller registered as a D-input controller. Yeah. Which means it's expecting a digital input. Um, so it's, you have to use the D-pad. And if you've got an Xbox 360 pad, that's kind of shit. Mm. Cause, if you're an Xbox One pad... Yeah. 
It's a little bit less shit. No one uses Xbox One pads on play on PC now. Loads They're moving on do. to PS4. Oh really? Yeah, PS4 pads becoming like the default. No, PC Oculus pad. Rift comes with an Xbox One pad. You liar. <laughs> no one buys Oculus Rift. Well, not since the guy's a racist. Yeah. No, he claims he isn't. He claims he isn't. We should he trust claims- him because he's a white man. We should trust him. Rich. He rose from nothing. He only lived in a 1.5 million home on the beaches and was homeschooled. He came from nothing. Yep. That's how... You know, that's the American dream. Yeah. yeah. Donald Trump only had a $17 million loan. Something yeah, like that. His company started. Yeah. You know, it's only a and he's only loan. been bankrupt six times. It's only a small loan, yeah. guys. We've all got that kind of change. I ask my parents, I call them up, I say, yeah. hey, mum. Elon Dad. Musk says that, like, um, you know, when he has this journey into space, to Mars, mm. it'll only cost around $500,000 for you to get your journey into, journey to Mars, which he reckons the average 30 to 40-year-old could probably put together. Yeah. <laughs> How much does a kidney go for nowadays? I don't know. Not, not $500,000. Yeah, not that much when they get artificial yeah. ones. Anyway. Robo-kidneys. Axe and stuff. It's all right. It's only about five quid. It's a little, um, I think six quid, actually. But yeah, it's a fun little game that I think is probably better suited to mobile phones, maybe. But it works, and it's like it's a nice idea, like the free lane mechanic, each one with a different skills. Because you can do stuff like you can have the wizard on one lane chucking enemies down to the others to kill, so you can rack up your points and your XP, which is quite smart because that's mm. what he does. He moves them to different lanes. Um, but yeah, it's a neat little concept, and it it plays all right. Bit bit sort of awkward at times, but. But that's probably because I'm using an Xbox 360 pad, and that D-pad's a piece of shit. And also sideways. Sideways. You love going sideways. sideways. A bit, it's what it reduces your uh, field of vision, doesn't it? Well, well no, it's widescreen. Wide TV, yeah. It's perfect I guess that. it's about the same. Yeah. 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 Um, all right. Well, it seems interesting at the very least. Yeah. I'll put a video up today, which would be, well, fri- well, we put a video up on uh, Friday. Yeah. Anyway, you mm. review your third thing, you piece of my hood up for the next fucking one. shit. I have to protect myself from the bad feelings. All right. Take myself from the bad feelings all around me. So I watched another film, uh, the opposite end of my first movie choice, which was Swiss Army Man. If you go back a little bit, you'll be able to listen to that. But uh, I chose uh, another film to watch this month because I was like, I need something lighthearted. I need something fun. And I fucking love Anna Kendrick and Aubrey Plaza. And also, I'd probably bone down with Zac Efron if he gave me the opportunity because he is quite a handsome, rugged young man. So I went to go and see Mike and Dave Need Wedding Dates. Oh, based on the popular book. Is that what it's based on? Yeah, it's based on a true book. Oh, really? Yeah, well, apparently. Jesus. All right, well, this changes my <laughs> views of the film. Um, it's awful. Yeah, of course it is. Firstly, uh, I've never heard so many white cholo-style accents, you know, like, yo, we've got to go get dates, yo. Yo, whoa. Yo, we've got to go and, like, bone down some dick, yo. Like, it's really weird. Zach you watched has- an American comedy. I did. Um, there's no one that I would say is... A redeemable character. Yeah, fair enough. And that makes it hard to really enjoy. Stephen Root is just trying to get his daughter married. And he's, you know, just trying to make sure his sons aren't dicks at the wedding. Does he threaten to set the place on fire? No. No, Stephen Root didn't start the fire. It was always burning. Since the world was turning. Um, The the couple that are getting married, um, the black guy is actually lovely. He He is a redeemable character in the sense that he is just willing to put up with so much shit. And he's, you know, always going with it and he's always being the voice of reason. Everybody else is like, no, look, come on, don't be like this. Let's go crazy. And it all goes wrong. Goes terribly wrong. She gets her face, well, the bride gets her face horribly injured. The two girls are discovered to be horrible people. Um, what, it's not even that they're horrible people. They're just not mature enough to exist in the real world at their age. Mm. 
But they're both so bloody attractive. I kept watching the movie, didn't I? Didn't walk out. Just kept yeah, watching. Yeah, Zac Efron. You found him quite attractive. Zac Efron is fucking hot. Yeah, I'd do him. Um, and also Aubrey Plaza and uh, Anna Kendrick. They are lovely women. In do they jumping. les off at any point in the film? Why would they? Well, why wouldn't they? If you get Jesus them both in a film, you've got to take advantage of the situation. I didn't know you were one of those. Oh. Didn't know you were one of those, but Tumblr will hear about this. Hmm. Go to my Tumblr page, real SJW for life. Um, but uh, in general, the film is eh, not very funny. It's not well, many it's an American comedy. Yeah, there's not many bits that make me laugh. There's something that really I associate with. There's something that I can really. The, it was all fantastical, stupid elements. Um, probably, probably the closest thing to elicit a laugh was uh, completely naked. Um, um, God, what is his name? Fuck, I'm really failing on the names today. Um, the Indian guy from the office, or Pakistani, racist. No, no, no. He might be what the the fucking oh shut up, man. Um, but. Uh, um, he he plays a masseuse who gives the bride an orgasm before um, before her wedding because she didn't get like a proper bachelorette party. So Anna Kendrick pays the masseuse to give her an orgasm without actually fucking her, oh. and so he uses his masseuse powers to to give her an orgasm. And it's a scene in which I got to see a comedian that that I've seen um, seen in a bunch of stuff, and I, I greatly respect. I follow him on Twitter, and he's he's a very intelligent guy. He's always tweeting with like a good astute point of view when it comes to things, especially considering his his background ethnicity. Ethnicity. It means that he he can comment on things that I obviously have no focal point to uh, to really associate with. But um, oh, here you go, Kamal Nanjiani. Nanjiani. Yeah, there you go. Anyway, uh, Mike and Dave. Yeah, he's got like a massive ponytail and he's just fucking completely naked at one point. He's just rubbing his ass against her ass. And like hanging and gently scraping against it, and just stupid shit like that. For a brief nice. moment, it disappeared into obscurity and just became really, really silly and nice. But then it just goes back to being about them. It's not even about the wedding. You know how like um, what was the film of Anne Hathaway where she goes to the wedding? Vicky goes to the wedding. Jane goes to the wedding, or whatever. Where it was, it was kind of a similar concept. It was a person who wasn't actually in any way well. It was a person who was like a bridesmaid, like an outside character to a wedding, like a supporting character, going to the wedding and then making everything about them and those people appearing as horrible It was horrible Bride people. Wars. Bride Wars wasn't the same. Was it her but Hilary no, Duff? No. But, um, Princess Diaries it's, it's, 2. It's, it's sort of like the opposite of that. It's, it's glorifying people that go to a wedding and make the wedding all about them when it's a completely different person's day. Mm. That's not what you do. But instead of making them seem like awful people, they're like, oh, they're in love, and they're buddies, look at this, look, they're friends now, and all this shit. And it's just like, you're like, well, this is a fucking tired, stupid American comedy for people that are never going to get jobs and want to do well in life, but never actually do it. So, uh, yeah, I give this uh, Rob Schneider. It's not quite an answer, because, as I said, uh, there was a scene that made me laugh a little bit, but, you know. And you got aroused by it. <sighs> is that Kefron, though? Yeah. I'd fuck the shit out of that guy. You would. I really would. He'd take it. He strikes me as a bottom. Uh, no, he strikes me as a power top. Have you seen him? He's pretty, pretty tongue. Hmm. He's a power bottom. He's a power bottom. He's really <laughs> ramming it up. Yeah. Um, I'm into this. I'm a little bit aroused by the idea of all this. Yeah. Or anyway, it's your review. Uh, what am I going to review? Oh, do you know what I watched last night? Do you know? No. I watched The Hungry Games, Mockingjay's number two. Um, do you, do you remember the last one 
Well, there was a lot of talking and people complained because there was a lot of talking. I quite liked it because it wasn't like the same thing as the first two. Yep. Um, this third one, it's like a big old war. They're having a war and they're going to go attack the capital. And they tell the mocking Jay, you can't go. You're not allowed to go. That's naughty. You've got a bad throat. And she goes anyway. So they have a team. And Peter, the one who's spelt P-E-E-T-A, yep. he's really good at putting cake makeup on his face or something. And euthanizing animals. Yeah, he he goes along, but he wants to kill her, Katniss, because like, he was brainwashed, brainwashed and shit. Yeah. Um, and CGI Philip Seymour Hoffman appears in a couple of scenes. Very briefly. Just to smile and stuff. Um, but they're basically like they're going into this district thing, and it's been evacuated mm-hmm. by what's his face, Chancellor Vlorum or something. I don't know. Donald Sutherland. Yeah, and he's basically he's like putting cameras on them and having an unofficial Hunger Games where there's like traps and shit going on, bleh, nasty stuff happens, some yep. violence in it, but it's all sort of done sort of like you know, so you don't see any blood. Yep. But guys gets his legs blasted off and shit. But um, it was sort of like. Like all the other ones, like the last one, the characters need to talk up every now and again. That'd be nice. They're a bit quiet. And and then they have like big explodey bits and really loud jets and stuff. So I'm sitting there constantly adjusting my volume because I can't hear them talking. But then there's jets blowing my ears out. Um, for about 20 minutes, it turns into an insane, awesome film where they're getting chased by the monsters from... Um, what's that film with Will Smith where he's the last man on Earth? Not the Omega Man. But they're getting chased by mon- those monsters and they've got spiky teeth. Like they're getting chased by a bunch of bitey le- Slendermen. I am legend. Yeah, that's it. They're getting chased by a bunch of I am legends. And um, that was quite funny. And then they're running through like a booby trap subway because apparently they built this whole district with traps in mind when it was originally being constructed. They must have knew it was coming. Um, and then there's like a cat woman. And I'm like, all right, that's cool. There's a cat lady. She's got funny face and stuff that's weird. So for a little while... I perked up a bit and I was like, that's interesting. And then it went back to being a bit dull and then some kids got blown up. And um, it turned out it was all a big conspiracy to, you know, where, where it turns out the people you think are the good guys might be just as bad. And, uh, yeah, and it ends. There's like, there's loads of stuff that's just like you never get any closure on. Like, you know the TV guy, the, what's his face with the stupid hair? Yep. Um, He's like been in all the films and he's been an arsehole in all of them. No. And you never really... No, 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 no. Yeah, he's a dick. No. He's a piece of shit. No. Yeah. And you never get, he never gets his comeuppance. He's not a piece of shit. He's a slimy cunt. He's not, though. He doesn't no. actually... He doesn't actually affect it. It's it, You know, like, all the districts and the whole idea of the districts and stuff like that? Yeah. You know how rich people go on TV and say... Sh- say sh- uh, rich people that have never known poverty will go on TV and say, say the stupidest shit as if they've never experienced life. Yeah. Yeah. That's because... They are representative of that district. So each district has a different... So they have different wealth, different caste systems. So the lower, really low ones are all people that can... What's that got to do with slimy guy with his hair? The slimy guy is just like Elizabeth Banks. Elizabeth Banks was slimy until they captured her and showed her what the real world was like. And the reason is that they don't have glass floors. They only have glass ceilings. So when you say that... Glass ceilings mean you're stopping someone getting to where you are. Exactly. That's not the right... No, no, no. They can only look up. They can't reach that. They can only look up and see what they're missing out on. They mm. can see what the rest of the districts experience. But the people in the highest district can't look down and go, oh no, look all these poor people making our microchips and picking all our cops. But because I wanted him to get shot in the face with an arrow. But why? 
You're, that's because just another got victim a of a system in place by Donald Sutherland. Yeah, but he's irritating. But he's not irritating. The whole he's time he's meant to be represent. He's meant to be represented. He does a thing with his eyebrows. Yeah, do you have purple eyebrows oh, in this one? I don't think you really understand what the Hunger Games is about. I've read all the books. I know what I'm talking about, Ant. Yeah, but the books aren't the films. No, the books are better. Anyway, um, Liam Hemsworth gets the short end of the stick again because it's Liam Hemsworth. That's what happens with him. You mean Chris? No, he's the wrong Hemsworth. Liam Hemsworth is the one who's in this. They didn't get Chris Hemsworth. They didn't, they couldn't afford him. He he's was off making Marvel well. money. Too old. But they're all too old. Like, well, yeah, they're all like 30 now. <laughs> yeah. But um, it's an all right film. For a little while it perks up and there's like some stuff and then it spends about 20 minutes ending when it could have just ended. Could have just been like, oh, that was that ending. You know, it could have ended with CGI Philip Seymour Hoffman smiling. That would have been happy. But um, yeah, apparently they want to make another Hunger Games film. Apparently. What? Yeah, apparently About they want to. What? I don't know. Who knows? Hunger Games. Mocking birds. Hungry Games. But, um, I don't know. I think only the first one was a genuinely good one. Eh, I'd say the second one was alright. Second's bollocks. It's alright. It's nowhere near as good second as the second one's first. the same it's, as the first one. It's still film. not too bad. Yeah. But, um, <sighs> Eldon Henson. It's nice to see him in stuff. He's got no tongue. Yeah, poor lad. Pollocks. Mm. He, uh, he walks around a bit and then probably wishes he was making Daredevil at the time. Yeah. Well, he um, might have been, actually. Yeah, probably was. But, um, yeah, it's it's a film. It's finished now. Didn't really have the big finale you kind of expect. <laughs> like, no. no. It sort of petered out, didn't it? Yeah, Peter. See? See that's it had, good, it's like, that's it had good like, all this action and people get blown up and you're just like... This cute lady has a pet squirrel. She's but I don't care about her squirrel. squirrel. You can see squirrels down the road all the time. Yeah, but look, she's got it's like it's, his, it's her buddy. She's oh. very attractive as well. Well, well you should... um. Perv over her on the find tweet it, find, Yeah, like, just hey perv over her Twitter. I love your squirrel. Anyway, Hunger Games Walking J Part 2. Eh, your review. Uh, my final review this week is my final review, isn't it? Yeah, final review ever. It's going to be Attack on Titan, the game for PS4. Oh. Yeah, so Attack on Titan. Um, if you haven't seen the anime or listened to any previous episodes in which we reviewed Attack on Titan, the series, we did, didn't we? Possibly. Yeah, probably. Um, it's the story of humanity's last stand in a walled city against a giant enemy that's only source of nourishment is man. It's Gundam with meat robots. Gundam, there's some tall people. And those tall people, well, they're, they're titans. Look like pedophiles. They look like pedophiles. They're all naked, they've got no genitals, they're smiling all the time, they love to chew on a young child. They might be pedophiles. Mm. The only way to defeat the titans is by cutting at the nape of the neck. I believe that's what they call it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Nape of the neck, which is their sort of weak point. Um the game replicates this very thrillingly in a in a in a in a three D environment in which you basically have web slinging abilities. Yeah, it's better web slinging than any Spider Man games I've had Except recently. Spider Man too. Yeah. So you have Except recently. <laughs> you have uh you have your character, you play through the story mode. There is also another mode like a battle mode that I haven't played yet because I've not quite finished the story mode. Well that just lets you pick a um, stage and you have is that goals to do, yeah. Oh. It's Dynasty um, Warriors, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so you um, you lock in on the part of the, the uh, Titan you want to attack, and you can attack limbs or you can attack the nape. And mm. You then use your 3D aerial guidance system, whatever it's Omnidirectional called. Omnidirectional movement thing. system. And you, you basically dash around in the air to try and get an advantage point. And then when you've got your advantage point, you don't press any direction, you just press X and it boosts you towards the enemy. Mm. And then you press triangle and you attack and you cut the nape of the neck. And you do that hundreds of times. 
And yeah. sometimes you're a big tiny, you can just punch them, but most of the time you're just a little person flying around cutting the nape of the neck. It's pretty fun. It's pretty fun, but it is very limited. No, it's a Dynasty Warriors game. But it's a Dynasty Warriors game with slightly different mechanics. Yeah. Um, I like it. I like the Attack on Titan series. Like, my problem is that uh, Attack on Titans is, is derivative. Like Gundam and like... Yeah, it's Gundam with meat robots. It's like Gundam, literally. it's like Evangelion. It's like uh, any of those series where you've got like a giant monster and they're fighting them. Um, also, it's... It's such a weird choice of enemy. Yeah. It's such a very strange choice of enemy to go against, like just giant people. Yeah, and they're all a bit weird. They yeah. smile. Did yeah. they ever in the anime have them vomiting up the lumps of people? I don't know if they ever mentioned that because that's what they do. They um, because yeah. they don't eat them to sustain no. themselves. They chew up the bits and then just vomit out the, yeah. like a furball. Yeah, yeah. They should um, have that. <laughs> that could have been their attack. Um, <laughs> it's kind of hard. It's kind of hard not to recommend this if you're a fan of the series. But there's better stuff out there if you're just looking for an anime or like an anime-based game. I thought it was really good when I played of it. Like, it's surprising I, how easy it is to use the yeah, directional thing. The only time, like sometimes it gets a bit confused when you walk, if you slam into a wall. Yeah. But if you fire it when you're right in front of a wall, you launch yourself over it, so it's not too hard to get out of that mess. But you know how like there's a bunch of ways you could use that. Like I think mm. that there should be races in which you use horses. So you like sort of use a horse to dash through the woods, and then once you get through the woods, you're in a canyon, and you can use the omnidirectional system. And so you just fly off the horse and you launch yourself forward and then you get out of the canyon and you can go back on the horse and go through another area that you can't use your own directional system. Something like that. Just something where you mix stuff up and it, it, it uses the environment, uses the mechanics a bit more. You can walk if you want. It's quite, <laughs> but it's quite repetitive. Yeah. But it's still fun. And yeah. there's, you can play online multiplayer, which is pretty badass. Yeah. That's pretty quite fun. I think they sort of like, since Dynasty Warriors A, they've really like improved those Dynasty Warriors games a lot. And I think part of it's doing Hyrule Warriors. I think they kind of... Uh, oh, yeah. Hyrule I think Warriors. Nintendo gave them a few lessons and they in, in polish and stuff. Hyrule Warriors was definitely a high point yeah. for the Dynasty Warriors like, team. Dutch Dragon Quest Heroes is like really good as well. Yeah. I mean, it's, that's pretty much the PS4 version of Hyrule Warriors. Yeah. Um, I've liked what I've played of it. I've only gone up to... I didn't get to the part where you get to control Eren as a, a Titan. Yeah, I've done that. I've done I've up done to that. that. I think I've finished on the level just before that. Maybe. Um, but, it's, you know... If you're a fan of the anime, it's really good. But there's yeah. there's other stuff out there. Um, but there's always at any one moment about 15 Dynasty Warrior style games released. I don't think. No, I, I'm talking more about <laughs> anime, anime game. based games. Yeah, there's a Berserk game on its way. Which is Dynasty Warriors. There's one on the Dreamcast as well that's not Dynasty Warriors. It's more like Resident Evil. Yeah, no one Devil cares May about Cry. Um, Stuff like Devil May Cry would probably be, probably be a similar. But there's loads of stuff out there that's like this. It's not as revolutionary as everybody says, and it's also not the first Attack on Titan game. The first one was pretty cack. You remember the one on the, the 3DS? 3DS, yeah. Yeah. So this isn't the first game, which is the first game I think that's been independently licensed by the Dynasty Warriors people. I think the, the 3DS one was made by them, but it's on no, like, it was uh, like. Wasn't it like. Oh, yeah, it, was, it was by it Koei. Been Koei. Yeah, because they've got the license for it. Yeah. But it's um, it's quite a different game, because you can't really do the same sort of thing on 3DS. I want this to be a Parasite game. No, because that'll just be people getting infected and having things popping out of them. Well, that's what, that'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. Like, I want a freaking Guyver game. Like, oh, Guyver game would be good. Like, just basically reskinned Devil May Cry with Guyver. Yeah. And I want to be able to press a button and have David Hayter go, Guyver, 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 every time I'd I press like, a button. Was it in Guyver where they had the, the thing where he was like, oh, you want the Guyver, take it, and he, he sent it over to the other person, but they didn't have the, they didn't have the guidance, the, the yeah. memory metal. So yeah. the Guyver suit went on them. And so I've just condensed them down into a chunk. Is that is that Guyver? Possibly. Uh, oh, and he gave someone a suit that had a damaged 
Oh, and this, the, the second guy has got a damaged yeah. core. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's his weak spot. And he was played by Miguel Ferreira in Guy the Dark Hero, which also starred David Hayter as Sean Barker. And it was directed Sean by the guy Barker. who directed... Um, the Price is Right! What's the guy who directed it? I can't remember his name. He directed, um, you know, Drive, the one with Mark Dacascos uh, and Brittany Murphy, no. which is a friggin' awesome martial arts film. No. That's a great film, that. Well worth watching. That's like a proper, like, straighted video martial arts action sure. film. Mark Dacascos film I like. Brotherhood of the Wolf. Master Chef. Master, no, he's in Iron Chef. Iron Chef. Yeah, it's not a film. Wasabi! Yeah. Pine nuts. What Double Dragon. Rib. That's a classic. <laughs> yes. He was also in that new Mortal Kombat web series. Oh, yeah, yeah, it wasn't. He was, uh, he was Kung Lao. Yeah. Was he or Liu Kang? No, he was Kung Lao. Liu Kang was a bad guy. Yeah. Good on Mark Dukaskos. Mark Dukaskos, stop us now. Uh, so I give Attack on Titan. It's a really, really strong game. It's just I think that if it's it's more of a game that I have to force myself to play right now. I'm not super thrilled about what's coming next because it seems like I know at this point, and I'm halfway through. Just goes the game. over the far, Just goes over the anime, doesn't it? Yeah. The first series. Well, no, no. I don't mean plot wise. I mean mechanics wise. I don't think mm. that there's going to be any big surprises towards the end. I don't think it's going to be like I was. I was kind of hoping there would be. There's probably going to be a massive boss fight in which Eren takes on the, the giant female titan. Yeah. That's going to happen. But it won't be what I want it to be. Like, I want it to be massive. I want it to be Ultraman. So I want them to just go out the fucking craziest thing they can do. Just because I kind of want a kaiju game that works. Well, you can't have one. Yeah. So I give this a solid Jude Law. I really like Jude Law. You'd love a solid Jude Law. He's actually quite good an actor, but he makes some bad choices. So, uh, not always great, but, you know, he tries. Why do you hate Jude Law so much? I don't hate Jude Law. Have you seen The Holiday? No. It's a great film. Have you seen, uh, have you seen, uh, God, what was that? You don't even know. You, just, you Don... start a sentence, uh... and you can't even complete it. Have you ever seen uh, Repo Men? No. What, it's the actually... Emilio Estevez film? No, no, the newer one. The one where people have organs. The one with um, oh. Forrest Whitaker. What's that? Yeah. Yeah, it's actually quite good. No, I didn't watch it. Do you not? No. You don't watch many modern films, do you? No, they're rubbish. They're That's shit. That's not true. Repo Man's pretty good. Yeah, the Emilio Estevez film, work of art. No, no, Repo, Repo Man, I said. You said, uh, you're saying Repo Men. saying Repo Man. He was a good Prequel. wrestler, Repo Man. Repo Man. Back in the days, yeah. He yeah. used to come Did to the ring. Did you say their belts and he goes, This is mine now! He used to just come to the ring and the music would go, Repo, Repo, Repo. Was man. he actually just a Repo Man that was going up to people like Hulk Hogan and go, You owe taxes! He wore like a grey jacket with tyres on it and stuff. He used to be oh. a member of Demolition. And he's like, I think he died. Anyway, you done? Yeah. Are you quite finished? Yeah. Fuck's sake. Right, um, I'm going to review the first two episodes of the new series of Red Dwarf, Red Dwarf 11. Um, the last episode had a silly name, I can't remember the name of it. The second episode had a name called Samsara, which is an art house cinema film where you watch plants growing and shit and people waving around and stuff. Anyway, that's not what the episode was. The episode was another Red Dwarf episode where they pick up a pod and they go on an abandoned spaceship and then try and figure out what happened. Pretty typical Red Dwarf stuff, that one. And the other episode involved them travelling through time again. They travel through time a lot, and yet they still don't think maybe we should just drop Lister off in... You know, after he left the Red Dwarf, 
That probably would have been a good idea. But um, no, it's it's been decent. Like the last Red Dwarf series, series ten was pretty all right. Because um, you know, it's a different show now. It's not being made by BBC. It hasn't got like BBC trying to make it look like a Doctor Who budget thing. It looks more like the original Red Dwarf, where you know everything's vacuum formed plastic sets and freaking really basic, grimy looking stuff. That's one of the things they used to do really well on Red Dwarf was they used to make everything look messy. And this one's kind of, it's got that back. Because for a few series, series 7 and 8 of Red God, yeah, 7 and 8, yeah, that's the two last two BBC ones. Both of them were just like, they were so swish and clean and big budget, they didn't feel like Red Dwarf anymore. But um, yeah, series 11's been good. Been some funny jokes. Had a late, had, um, the first episode had Lucy Pole in it, who does the voice of Mercy in Overwatch in it, which is random, and Kevin Eldon. Everyone likes Kevin Eldon. I don't know who any of these people are. You know Kevin Eldon. He's that guy who used to be in Big Train and um, loads of random stuff. He's in... Big Train? Yeah, he usually plays a creepy character in something. British comedian. He's the one from... You remember the... um, From Jam, when they had the Mr. Lizard sketch. Oh, yeah. And he's the The, guy, the homeowner. He's like... He also... He uh, he often played... Well, he played the... uh, He played the... um, the gas man who came and installed the boiler and the baby. Yeah. 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 Kevin Elby. Good guy. But, um, yeah, I'm liking what they've done with Red Dwarf so far, this series. There's like, you can watch it like a week in advance on UK Play TV's streaming service, but I haven't done that yet. I've, so I haven't seen the third episode, which is already out on their thing. This is a week behind on TV, but it feels like Red Dwarf again. It's been like consistently funny, and the second episode was a nice sci fi concept. Because it's basically they're on a ship where they're trying to figure out what killed all the crew and it turns out there's a drive on there called the karma engine and the idea of the karma engine was it would try and keep people as moral upstanding people but every time they did something bad it would punish them and if they did something good it would reward them so like if they were good it would give them a um like their meal would taste better their coffee would be perfect and all this sort of stuff mm-hmm. if they did something bad they'd have an accident like or something <laughs> but it turns out someone switched the drive around so, so people, people get rewarded for ba- yeah, yeah people getting rewarded for bad things they installed it upside down or something like that. Well, no, there was a couple who were having an affair on there and they were getting punished a load for it. So they switched it around so they could have a day of debauchery. But then in that one day, they managed to crash the entire spaceship, which is supposed to be uncrashable and all this sort of stuff. So, yeah, but it's quite a cool episode. Like, just just a fun, silly Red Dwarf episode. Is it the original creators that are back into it? Yeah, well, Doug Naylor's there. Rob Grant doesn't write Red Dwarf anymore. No. But Doug Naylor does. And he was the one who wrote a lot of the stuff anyway, a lot of the yeah. early stuff. Um, but yeah, it's still Red Dwarf. It feels like Red Dwarf again. It's better than... Because remember they did that Back to Earth 3 yeah, part of thing, which awful. fell off? Yeah, it was trying to reference Blade Runner a load for some reason. Yeah. That was wonky. Series 10 was like <clears throat> a bit better, but it still felt a little bit... Was it Series like, 7? Nothing's really memorable in Series, series 7 10. and 8, the humans were all just back. Yeah, 7 and 8... No, Series 8's when, when they found the Red Dwarf again and everyone was alive on it and they got yeah. put in prison. And each episode was like 45 minutes long for some reason. There was yeah. a terrible CGI dinosaur in one episode. And it just made no fucking sense. Yeah, and it, it ended like... with them wiping out the entire crew again. Yeah. yeah. But it was the exact same way they wiped them out originally. Yeah, something like that, yeah. And they never explained whether or not it was time-based or whether but it they, was... Um, series 8's ending is never explained. Because <laughs> there's a Series 9 that doesn't exist. Yeah. As far as the crew's concerned, they had a Series 9. And there's all sorts of stuff that happened, like Kachansky died and all this other stuff. And it's referenced to those through Series 10. Yeah. But we never saw it. It was like this missing series of Red Dwarf. Um, but now they they officially they class Back to Earth as being Red Dwarf Series 9. Oh. 
but um, in the in the show's theme, there is at least one year of stuff happening that we don't know about. Do you remember when they tried to add emotion to the series by having it so that they that uh, that Lister re- um, realized that uh, that Kachansky was dead, but she wasn't really dead; she was just an actress. So he had like this weird moment where he was like trying to trying to contemplate life and everything else and how they were just going through all these miserable things and it's all just being written by someone and it felt completely out of place in a comedy series. Ah, Red Wolf's good, man. Red Wolf is good, but it was Classics. just written by someone who clearly read a bunch of comics in which that happens every time a fucking comic's mm. made or watched a comedy series where everybody's like, oh, it's sci-fi based, so they've got to at some point visit their creators. Yeah. And it just it felt really bad. Don't hate Red Dwarf. Apart from series seven. Series seven is the worst series. And eight. Eight's a bit better because there's a lot more focus on the characters just sitting down and chatting. And that's what makes Red Dwarf work is Lister and Rimmer just having arguments about stuff. It just, it felt pointless because of the people being there. Yeah. But there was a different, they were just trying to refresh it a little bit for a while. Mm. It wasn't going to last. No, no. Like none of those things ever last in Red Dwarf. Like there was, like series six, they haven't got the Red Dwarf ship, have they? They lost it. They parked it somewhere and someone stole it. Space pirates took it. Yeah. Um, that ran through the whole series six, um, but yeah, it's it's been decent series so far. These first two episodes, it'll only be the standard six episodes, I guess. It'll be over before you know it. Yep. Yeah. But um, yeah, the thing is, in Red Dwarf, like the characters are like just the core group of characters, like Lister, Rimmer, Crichton, and Cat. They work really well together. Yeah. So even when the show's bad, you've got that core, that core group of them work playing off each other quite well. But it's kind of like. When it's bad, it's when it starts... Like, I always think the worst Red Dwarf is when it starts looking too good. Yeah. It has to look like shit. I remember in the Back to Earth one, they had that octopus thing. Oh, yeah. yeah. And that looked awful. Yeah. But at the same time, it... it but it's like, like there's there loads of CGI money and stuff. It to make yeah. it look awful. Yeah, so but they use models in the new series. All the spaceship oh, stuff's models and... That's good. They only use CGI when it's like makes sense to use it. Mm. Like the crashing spaceship in the second episode in Samsara was a CGI thing crashing into the water. Um... But they'd been really efficient. Like the second, ep- first episode only had three sets throughout the whole episode. Nice. Like there was the Starbug Bridge. There was the, um, you know, Victorian Street. You keep seeing loads of um, BBC stuff. Doctor Who's used it a whole bunch of times. It's the same Victorian Street every friggin' time. Oh, the one from the Christmas special? Yeah, yeah. But it's like, it's that street that you see all the time. And this was like, um, it meant to be 1920s America during Prohibition. Wait, didn't and they? And they used also- the bar as well. Didn't they also have that street in... They're in twice in Doctor Who. Yeah, they used it a whole bunch. They keep shooting it from different angles and try yeah. to make us think it's not the same set. Because they had the Christmas special with Matt Smith and then they had the the first episodes with um, Peter Capaldi. Well, there's the whole episode where Clara Oswald dies. Yeah. That was all set on in that street. Which well, doesn't die. Like If ever they do a medieval version of EastEnders, yeah. it'll be set on that set, that one street, which I think is like at some like museum somewhere. They just ruined Doctor Who for people in America that aren't even on the same series as... Yeah, they are. They get it the same day. I'm joking. Don't be so stupid. Anyway, um, yeah, Red Dwarf 11. It's been good so far. Bit of a return to form. Feels like series 5 and 6, which were like, you know, trailing off a little bit in terms of brilliance, but still quite good. Well, it's cold outside. Baby. It's cold outside. Is that what you're referencing? The song, baby? It's no. cold outside. The Christmas song. We were just talking about Red rapey. Dwarf. Oh, shut up. Shut up. Oh, you're saying there's no kind of atmosphere. And you're all alone, more or less, with goldfish shoals nibbling at your toes. It's cold Fun, outside. fun, fun in the sun, sun, sun. <sighs> Would you like to ride shipwrecked and comatose drinking fresh mango juice? 
No. Anyway, so one of the things that I that Tara said to me because she watches Red Dwarf. I haven't watched the new new episode yet. I watched everything else that they that they did. Um, she's told me that Cat finally looks older. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. he didn't look old. He's like it? sixty anyway. Yeah. So In, any of the slack. Ep- any of the other episodes, he doesn't look any different from when they yeah. first started. Black so, don't crack, man. Yeah. Yeah, and Crichton's put on some weight. <laughs> some. Yeah. <laughs> they put him in a fucking barrel and painted him black. Yeah. <laughs> and put a fucking smoke detector. Better um chest. in the first episode there's a rebooting by charging him up and he's got like little nipple charges. Yeah. They open up his chest and clamp little clamps on him. <laughs> and he gets up and closes them. He's like, Oh sorry about that episode of Aberson. Um but yeah, good old crying, he's put on some weight. Everyone's looking a bit old now, but the show's been going since like what, nineteen eighty six? Yeah. Like friggin' that's a long running series. Isn't it isn't it really weird to think the British Empire at one point was going on at the same time as Red Dwarf? Yeah. It was it was more popular than Red Dwarf. Really? Yeah, in ratings, it was a huge thing, British oh, Empire. God. It was literally like the BBC's second highest rated show next to the East Enders. The ending to British Empire with the legislature burnt down. Oh yeah, burnt down, yeah. Yeah, it deserved it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. How many series were there of the British Empire? Like five or six. What? Yeah, it went for quite a while. Actually, it might be more than that, actually. Really? I think it might be getting on ten. Holy fuck, you got to shut the fuck up right now. Yeah. One sec, we're just going to have a bit bit of a moment where we talk about the British Empire. So I remember, I only remember like a couple of episodes from the British Empire. Um, but can you explain a single episode of the British Empire? Uh, Chris Barry, Britus... Seven series would say something episodes. outrageous. Well, Chris Barry wasn't in every episode, was he? Wasn't he? No, no. I thought Chris Barry disappeared. Did he? At one point. Uh, um, wouldn't blame him. Jesus Christ. I can't believe there's 52 fucking episodes. Yeah, I used to watch that. Yeah. It was like typical 90s BBC sitcom when sitcoms were everywhere. Yeah. Like there was a period where like everything was sitcoms. Like men behaving badly and stuff. But yeah. Anyway, I'm done. You done? That's it. You've done all your reviews. Yeah, no, I, I'm done. Um, it's really weird. He was actually he was actually killed off in it. Was he? Yeah, Chris Norris was killed off in it. Sweet, you deserved it. He was series five was originally meant to be the final series, and Norris and Fegan killed off Brutus at the end when he was crushed to death by a falling water tank, which was probably the fire episode that we remember. Yeah. But there's two seasons after that. Oh dear. That we don't fucking know about. But apparently it was written by the guy who wrote, um, oh, it's Paul Smith who wrote Series 7 episodes for Malcolm X for Andrew Marshall's 2.4 Children. Oh, so he wrote an episode, Malcolm X, for 2.4 Children. That was another thing that was massive, 2.4 Children. Yeah. I don't remember ever laughing at that when I was a kid. (laughs) I used to watch that a fair bit. Yeah. Do you remember laughing at it at all? I remember laughing when they said the son, they lost the son in the series. Do you remember series one ends with the kid going to hospital? No. And they come out and tell him that we've lost him. And the show ends there. And then you don't find out to the next series. It's because they've lost the paperwork. They don't know where he is in the hospital. Because oh. <laughs> the first series ended yeah, you no. thinking the kid had died. I remember now. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Holy fuck. There are eight seasons of that. 56 episodes. Jesus. Um. Thank you for watching, I guess. Yeah. Cheers for uh, listening to Critter Podcast. Listening. Shit. Not watching. Um, it's a podcast. There was a 1997 remake of 2.4 Children. What? Called Kissingo, starring Simone Klinsma. No one watched that. Anyway, welcome. What's that? Welcome. Goodbye from Chris Apocalypse. It's myself, Matt, at Chris Apocalypse, and Anne, at LV54SpaceMonkey. If you need to reach us at any point, just give us a shout. We are available to chat anytime on Twitter. Send money. Send nudes. If you, uh, if there's anything that you like that we do, please like, comment, and subscribe wherever you may listen to us. That includes iTunes, Stitcher, 
um, and any other podcasting app that you may find. Stitcher. There's SoundCloud as well. We're on Stitcher. I signed us up for Stitcher. Is that a dating app? No, it's a podcast radio thing. Oh. Um, but we are more than happy to hear from our fans, all four of you, and uh, we love you guys, genuinely. It's actually fantastic doing this and being able to do this uh. bi-weekly basis. We're, we're able to vent a little bit about the British Empire and our, our loss of Chris Barry. Has he died? No. No. Oh. Anyway, have a good time. See you in two weeks. If uh, there's we a plane are, flying over. If we aren't attacked by Bill Cosby. Bill Cosby? Ghost Dad. Oh. He'll get you in your sleep. That plane's ruining the end of the episode. It's we can't hear you. The plane's going over it. This is what I have to put up with nowadays. I was trying to record earlier and there was a freaking truck reversing, just going beep, 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 and it was like, Ehh. I played a game where I fought some Titans, there was a wall and monsters inside. Don't spoil Attack on Titan. I had some knives and then some gas. Just wasting time now. Bye. I am. Oh, I'm trying to, Bye. I'm trying to fill the time with a... Bye. 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 Bye, everyone. <laughs>